Welcome back to the Stride and Thrive podcast. I'm so excited about today because we're going to be talking about all things High Rocks, High Rocks Sydney, and hopefully you take away some things because I'm really going to go in depth about my personal race so that you can learn about the mistakes that I made during my first High Rocks. All eyes are on Sydney because it kicked off the High Rocks 2024 season and we also had some massive CrossFit names doing High Rocks. Like we had Ricky Gerard, James Newberry, Chris Woolley, James Kelly, who is a very well-seasoned High Rocks athlete, Caitlin Van Zeel on the women's side, and it was just hectic. So a lot of big names. And also in the doubles and relays, I definitely saw a few athletes that I've recognized on social media. So it was really cool to see people from all walks of life, all different sports come together to tackle this course. Before I start with everything, Let's just talk about what High Rocks actually is. Now, High Rocks has been making waves for years. It's essentially a functional fitness or what we like to call a hybrid fitness race. And what do I mean by that? I mean, it tests your strength, your endurance, your speed, so many different aspects of your fitness in one race. And it is so easy to be able to do because you don't have to do it individually. You can do it in a doubles pair, a relay team of four, and you can also do mixed relay. So male or female, and same with doubles. You can go male, female if you wish, or you can tackle it individually. There's also the pro division and the open division. The pro divisions have the heavier weights and the open divisions have the lighter weights. So the format of the race is that you essentially are running eight kilometers or a little bit more if you include your transition times between the stations. And then you've also got eight different stations that get tested. So you run a kilometer and then you go into the ski erg and then you run, sled push, run, sled pull, run, burpee broad jumps, run, row, run, farmer's carry, run, lunges, run, wall balls. So that is the format of the race. All of the runs are one kilometer in distance. The ski and the row are one kilometer in distance. The sled push is a 50 meter distance. Same with the sled pull and the burpee broad jumps is 80 meters. The farmer's carry is 200 meters. The lunges are 100 meters. And the wall balls, you either do 100 reps if you're in pro or if you're in open, it's 75 reps. And also if you're doing doubles and relay, they can change as well. So make sure that you know how many reps, what the weights are before you do the race. If you just head to the High Rocks website on Google, it will give you all of the details. So I'll link that in the show notes below. So that's essentially what a High Rocks race is, and it really tests your compromised running. So a lot of people come into this thinking they're gonna be really good because they run a lot, but you have to be able to run at such a high intensity and then go straight into a station, keeping that intensity up and that tends to get people. So you want to work on those intervals as well as be able to run under fatigue. So once you get to the venue, you need to sign in and get your registration complete. So if you're a competitor, you get your race number written on your forearm. You also get given a colored band and that colored band correlates with the weights that you're going to use in your competition. The band allows the judges to know which weights you're meant to use. And then you also get given a timing chip. As soon as I got that timing chip, I put it on my right ankle, which allowed me to not lose it because the worst thing is getting to the start line and you don't have your timing chip and it's kind of tough luck. All of my friends and family who came got given a yellow spectator band 
it's kind of a nice piece of memorabilia. Once that registration process is complete, you get to walk into the venue. Now, when you walk into the venue, you're literally walking across the running track. So there will be people running at you. Hopefully there's a volunteer there to help you cross because there was for us. There was a volunteer letting us know when we could cross. You don't want to inconvenience other people's races. So be courteous. Once you are safely crossed the track, you get to pop your bags into the bag check. I loved how it was free and we didn't have to pay for anything because I'm so used to Spartan charging us for bag check. The lovely volunteers will take your number and then tie your bags together and put them away for safekeeping so that you can grab them after your race. After you've done your bag check, I highly recommend learning where all the stations are and just getting a little bit more awareness of your surroundings because when you're in the middle of the race, your brain is just going to be scrambled. So it's better to kind of know where you're meant to go, where the start line is, how long your laps are going to be for like the burpee broad jumps and the lunges so that you can kind of get an idea of what your game plan is going to be. With that being said, you should be watching the technical briefing before you do a high rocks because it's probably going to answer so many more questions that you have. And it's also going to show you what the course is going to look like before you get into the venue. So it's good to watch that. And then once you get into the venue, also get a further idea of what to do and devise your game plan a little bit more. For high rocks Sydney, it was three laps of the course which equated to one kilometer. I've heard that some venues have had four laps for a kilometer, others have had two. So just be aware of that because I guess the more corners you take, the slower the course is. Make sure that you know how many laps you're meant to be doing because if you miss a lap, you get a five minute time penalty per lap missed. A really good idea that someone told me about keeping track of your laps is to have three hair ties or however many laps you're meant to do. So if you're meant to do two laps, put two hair ties, if it's three, three hair ties around your wrist and then after every lap that you do move a hair tie to the other arm and then that kind of helps you keep track so i did the pro women's high rocks race which was really cool definitely had a stacked field so we got to the start line and we were getting pumped up and our race was getting live streamed because it was the women's pro race most of us had not done a high rocks before so it was really cool all of us were nervous but also super excited and we kicked off our race with three laps I went out way too hot. I did my first kilometer in like three minutes 35, which was way too fast. Reason being, I used my GPS on my watch to keep track of my pace. And because it's an indoor event, it was lagging. So it was telling me I was running a lot slower than what I actually was. And I didn't know that until the end of the race. So I had an amazing time smashing myself. After that first K, we went straight into the ski erg and I managed to maintain a two minute per 500 meter pace, which is pretty much my comfortable pace for ergs. And then after the ski erg is when I started to fall apart because I really burnt myself out after the first run. After the ski, we ran again and then we had the sled push. And the sled push is a station that I've been warned about a lot. A lot of athletes internationally have told me that the carpet is really tough. So make sure that you train with weights that are heavier and kind of change your game plan as you need because it might end up being a lot harder or slower than you think. So sled push, I found my arms being straight was the best for me. Once I had it going, I tried to keep my arms straight and that was the easiest way for me to tackle the sled push. Other people preferred bent arms or had slightly different techniques. So you kind of have to work out what works best for you. 
remember your first race, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn a lot of things. So just embrace it. Try different things if you can. After that sled push, we ran and then we had the sled pull. Now the sled pull ended up being harder than I thought. I guess it's because the carpet at the gyms that I train at are not as tough. So it's a lot easier to pull. But the sled pull, I was just using my arms and that absolutely was the slowest thing ever. So I recommend utilizing the space that you have because there's a little box that you get to walk your feet in and around. You're not allowed to surpass the line in front or the line behind. So utilize that box, walk your feet back all the way and drive through your legs. Don't just rely on your arms because you're going to need your arms for the next couple of stations. After the sled pull, we had a run and then we had burpee broad jumps. The burpee broad jumps, my strategy for this was to not stop and just to keep going. I was definitely dead by this point because I'd blown myself out from the first lap. I did the strategy of walking my feet out and walking my feet in and then jumping into the broad jump. And that was probably the slowest approach, but it was the most consistent. So I managed to not stop and fulfill that goal, but I was a little bit slow. So next time I do this station, I'm going to make sure that I jump my legs out instead of stepping out because that took way too long. And then I can step in and then do my burpee broad jump, if that makes any sense. So you kind of got to find out which strategy works for you. Some people were faster just jumping in and out and getting the burpees done. But you need to know what's going to help you not burn out because you're only halfway through the race at this point. So you don't want to absolutely slam yourself and then have nothing left in the tank for the back half. After the burpee bro jumps, we ran the row. I kind of use this as my recovery station because... Like I said before, there was nothing left in the tank for me. So I was chatting to my friends on the sidelines and just trying to get my heart rate down a little bit and just chill out. My biggest mistake was walking into the row. I should have just jogged into it because that would have saved me like 30 seconds. Because when I was looking at my splits on the High Rocks website, it told me it took me like four minutes 48, I think, to get the row done. And that's because it included the time it took for me to walk to the rower. So I recommend trying to run or jog into your stations. Don't just walk into it because you're actually going to save yourself a couple of minutes at the end, of especially once you get moving. Don't fall into the trap of just walking everything. Pick and choose the points when you do that. After the rower, I then had a run and then we went into the farmer's carries. And this was probably one of my favorite stations because I'm fairly strong at these, even when I'm fatigued. Once I got to the farmer's carry station, I chalked up my hands and then picked up the kettlebells and tried to do as much as I could unbroken. I had to stop twice. So I got through 100 meters unbroken and then I had to drop the kettlebells, wipe my hands down and then go again, drop them again and then finished it off. I power walked during this station and I feel like when I do it next time, I'm just going to run as much as I can, drop and shake off if I need to. At the end of the day, the faster you get it done, the less taxing it's going to be on your grip. You just want to get this station done as fast as you can so that you can get into the next run. Because I felt so good after this station heading into the next run because my arms were so fried. My legs felt so light. It was crazy. You can definitely shave off a minute or two off of this station if you play it smart. After that, we ran and then we had the walking lunges. My strategy going into the lunges was to not cramp up because during training, I've had issues with my adductors cramping up, but it turns out it's just because I haven't warmed them up properly beforehand. I felt really good on this station. I didn't stop. I just did one step at a time. So every time I lunged, 
I would match my feet. I didn't just walk straight into every single lunge. This station can definitely get you because after this you got the wall balls and you need to be very mentally strong here and tell yourself that you're so close to the end of the race and you're just going to keep pushing through. There's nothing really that I could change about this station except maybe I could have just moved a little bit faster but it's really easy to say that in hindsight when you're not super pumped out and whatnot. Then we had our final run. So this is where I would push it for the first lap or two, just depends how many laps you're doing. For the majority of that run, I would really try to push it. And then I would start to pull back a little bit towards the end of the run, just to give yourself a little bit of recovery time as you get into the wall balls. Because the wall balls, probably one of the more mentally tough stations, because yes, you are close to the finish line, but it does take a lot out of you, especially because the standards are very strict. You need to get your hips below parallel every single rep. The judges are very strict on this. They also have boxes as well if you need to make sure that you're hitting depth. Once you get to this station, have a strategy. For me, I was really frazzled and I <laughs> dropped my strategy completely, which is a big mistake. It just, it took way too long, this station for me. And I know I can shave two minutes off if I just had stuck to my strategy and not gone rogue. So what I would do here is the first set of war balls, I would go for my life. I'd go as many as I possibly could probably leave one or two reps in reserve so that I don't go to absolute failure. And then I'd start breaking it down into sets of 10 or sets of 15. And then I'd finish off with a nice big set because when you've got only 20 reps left, it's really easy to push through that because you know you're almost done. So that was pretty much my high rocks race. I came in third place in the under 24 women's pro. I did this a lot slower than what I was anticipating. I was kind of anticipating like an hour 20 finish and I finished an hour 40. I know I can do a lot better, which is why I'm going to Melbourne next week to see if we can get 10 to 15 minutes off that time. And also just get a little bit more experience under my belt because High Rocks is so new. It only just came to Australia. And while it's still in Australia, I'd like to get the opportunity to do it again, learn some more things and just get amongst the High Rocks community because we honestly have such a great High Rocks community in Australia already. And I can't wait to see it grow even more. If I haven't said this already, I highly recommend watching the live streams from the High Rocks Instagram page. The women's and the men's pro are there. So you're going to be able to see how each athlete attacks each station. See if you can pick up a couple of different tips and tricks of your own. Because obviously not every single technique works for everyone. It's going to depend on how fatigued you are. Come in with an open mind and don't be afraid to change your technique on the fly. And I guess the last little piece of advice is... If it's your first high rocks, don't come in with heaps of expectations of yourself. The first time you do something, you're not always going to succeed. I'm not saying it's not possible, but you have to leave some leeway for yourself to improve. And sometimes shit just happens. Like me completely blowing myself out on the first run, which destroyed my race. But I ended up being able to recover and finish, which was really cool. I think I would have been really upset with myself if I hadn't have finished because there was definitely a time on the burpee broad jumps where I thought, I don't think I'm going to finish this. I'm going to drop out. But having all my friends and family there and also just knowing that there's no time limit for this, I can just, you know, go as long as I want to. So we've got a time now and now we've got a time to beat. And I'm so excited for Hyrox Melbourne. Let me know if you're going to be there. A moment that I really loved about High Rock Sydney was I watched the men's pro wave and it was honestly so hectic because at the end of the race, 
we had James Kelly had just finished his wall balls and Chris Woolley was in the middle of his wall balls and suddenly Ricky Gerard comes up to the wall ball station and he ended up doing all 100 wall balls unbroken and that was insane. So he overtook Chris and he came in second place. I think it's a really cool testament to like human nature and when you really want something your brain can just flick a switch and really push through a hard time. None of those guys were feeling those wall balls were easy. They all had their own little struggles and it was just really cool to see Ricky absolutely dominate that. And now I guess it's a goal for me one day to get 100 wall balls unbroken at the end of the high rocks because that is insane being that fatigued and getting 100 wall balls done. If you have any questions or anything like that, let me know because I would love to answer absolutely anything and everything and make sure you check out high rocks australia instagram i'll put their link in the show notes below and make sure that you check out the high rocks website i hope to share with you guys soon have an awesome rest of your day see you later